And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Seven fifty-five is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty is on the air now. Welcome back to Seven Fifty-Five is Real. I'm David O'Brien, Braves writer at the Athletic. I'm with my co-host Eric O'Flaherty. What's going on, Eric? What's up, Dave? Well, a lot, man. We were just about to start and got news. Jeff Passan was first to, uh, to report this, and I did get it confirmed that uh, Ian Anderson is going to have. They haven't announced it yet. The Braves haven't announced it yet. That's probably going to. Ha- they'll probably announce it later today. But he's going to have TJ surgery, and he will obviously miss the rest of the season. He he left his AAA start about a week ago, uh, or a little more than that, complaining of elbow pain, and it would kind of explain how poorly he pitched in spring, probably. And uh, so, rough year for him, rough since last summer when he got sent down, but maybe this was building up. I don't know. I mean, you would know better than me how that might happen. I tore mine in uh, 2012 and didn't have the surgery. Well, I mean, I think I tore it probably five years prior to that, but, you know, it just, it gradually worsens to the point where you need it fixed. But, you know, I did an MRI and I guess it was like June of 2012 or July and we knew the tear was there, but I was still getting people out. So yeah, I was like, I'm not going to, if it ain't broke, don't fix it type of mindset. And then I came back the next spring and you know, I was throwing like 84. And I, you know, I, I had, I had this elbow pain, which, you know, if I washed my hair, I'd get a sharp pain in it, but right. it, was, it was manageable. Right. Um, so I didn't really mess with it until I started pitching and I was having a good season in 2013, but I just, the, the stuff just wasn't there. Like every single mistake I got was, I made was just getting pounded. So finally I went and I said, look, I need to get this looked at again. And we did another MRI, had gotten a lot worse. And I was just in a position where it's like, you know, I can try to battle through this year, but I was heading into free agency. Yeah. If I have this thing in August, I'm missing, you know, I'm not even having a job for probably two years. So we got it fixed and, and did it, but it's probably, I mean, for me, it's, if you're Ian, it's like best case scenario because now you're off the hook for how shitty you've pitched the last however yeah. long. You like you have something to look to because right. when you don't have something like this to point to and you've pitched the way he's pitched, I mean you're just searching. Yeah. And now you're starting to wonder, am I just bad? Like am I just am I not as good as I thought? Am I, you know, is my stuff just never going to play in this league? Yeah. And so you get this done and it's like it's kind of a fresh start for yourself mentally and a good explanation for probably why his stuff hasn't been the same and he's been getting hit. Yeah, as as you've noted on here before, if you did an MRI of every veteran pitcher, yeah, 85, that's 90%. would have some form of tear. And people don't understand that. They hear tear and they're like, oh, TJ. But it's just a degree of tear. I mean, there's yeah. slight tears, which, you know, it's kind of like when you sprain your knee. People hear tear and they think it's, uh, you know, when you sprain your knee, a lot of times you tear the ligament to a degree. Yeah. It's just how bad. You're right. And if it's not bad, if it's just fi- some fibers, it can heal on its own without surgery. 
Yeah. Same you can't favor your other arm when you're pitching, you know, give that thing time to heal up. You're just going to keep stressing that joint. But Maddox pitched, the I heard, the last, what, three, four, five years of his career with a torn yeah. UCLA, UCL. So Yeah, know, and Ari just, Dickey didn't even have one. So, I mean, it's just it's yeah. part of the potion. That's crazy, man. That is It insane. is crazy. That I, I've never – I that he was able to pitch without having that stabilizing ligament there. Just Yep. But it might have helped him the way he, you know, uh, the way he he uh, worked around it, you know. Yep. Might have helped him throw the knuckleball. Might have helped him last as long as he did. Who knows, man. But that is so strange. I've never heard of that with anybody else, obviously. <laughs> yeah. So let's uh, – so that's bad news, but yeah, like it's good news for Ian and at least he has an explanation for how, because yeah. we were last night just talking about this, how you've never seen a guy that young go from, I mean, his he's got some stats, postseason stats that only like two other pitchers in history have had, an ERA that low and that many starts in a postseason. Yeah. So to go from that against great lineups, very good to great lineups in a postseason to, you know, giving up three homers in the first nine batters you faced in a minor league game, triple A game, you know. And that's when you start asking yourself questions. It's like, you know, for me, I started asking myself, Ryan Howard was just crushing the ball off me. Uh, another dude that I gotten out like, you know, five times in a row with like four strikeouts hits a homer off me. Right. Some rookie that gets called up to fill in for the Dodgers takes me deep. And I'm like, okay, something. Why am I getting hit like this when the year before when I felt pretty similar, you know, I'm, I'm having a lot of success. And you start asking yourself those questions. And for Ian, it was pretty extreme. You know, I mean, giving up however many home runs in a triple-A start when you dominated the playoffs just a year and a half yeah. before that is, you know, it's it's pretty alarming. And you should be entering the prime of your career. Yeah. It's not like you're 35, you know? Yeah. So, anyway, um, good news for the Braves last night. It was a hell of a game against the Reds. Uh, it, it, it went from potentially being a very bad loss after they blew a 3-1 lead with uh, it was a night where T, where uh, AJ just didn't have his normal stuff. He gave up a couple of weak hits, but uh, in that, but gave up two runs to tie in the ninth. Then the Reds score in the top of the tenth, and you're like, "Oh man, it's going to be a brutal loss. It's going to be four in a row." They never lost. Uh, they never lost. Uh, they haven't lost four in a row since 2021, and they're all going to be at home and blah blah blah. And in a matter of seconds, they tra- they turn that <laughs> yeah. story right around because. Sean Murphy hits the first pitch of the bottom of the tent out to straightaway center for a two-run walk-off homer, you know, with the ghost runner second, which you don't – obviously would not have been possible in baseball before the last few years. <laughs> a two-run leadoff homer. A two-run leadoff homer in the tenth inning. So um, it became a really uh, – I mean, it's just amazing how emotions can swing so quickly in, in baseball like that. But uh, it went from being a – potentially kind of a, not a devastating loss this early, but a fourth loss in a row to be in a really huge moment because it's Sean Murphy's first homer for the Braves, his first career walk-off homer. And, you know, and he had helped Bryce Elder through six really strong innings. Bryce Elder looked great last night. Yeah, he did. And it was the first time Murphy had caught him, and they were really on the same page all night. So it just ended up being a really big night, especially for Elder and for Murphy, obviously. Yeah, they. I, when I saw, you know, I was in and out of the game watching, but when I saw Elder was into the fifth, I was like, I bet he doesn't have many walks, right? You know, and he I, he finished with one and seven strikeouts. But what I did see out of him was just you know, a lot of quality pitches around the edge of the zone, being aggressive. You know, kind of what we saw when when he was really good last year through those yeah. starts. And I think you know he's got 
that low nineties fastball that that Dodd and Schuster are bringing too, but that you saw the difference of what aggression with right. quality pitches can can do for you, and probably a good one for those guys to watch. Yeah, he's got good movement, man. On that sinker, slider, yeah. he's throwing four pitches. He's throwing them all in the strike zone. He's not nibbling. He's not. Nope. He's the guy. You know that was the problem when he got sent down early last year because he was throwing so many. He was issuing so many walks. He yep. just he was scared to throw it and. He went down to AAA, and and the mindset changed, and he realized I got to I got to trust my stuff and and be aggressive. It's going to get hit. Yeah. It's going to get hit. And he came back. He's been a different guy since he came back. Five yeah. really good starts last year. After he came back up, they were all against the Nats and Marlins. But now he's had two really good ones to start this year. And the Reds are a bad team, but he also faced the Cardinals. Man, I yeah. mean, uh, this has been uh, he he's been a revelation. I mean, and never more important because now with Ian out. With Schuster obviously not ready, not yet, and with Dodd having one really good start at St. Louis and one like okay, they're a reminder that okay he's probably not ready yet either. There was a reason why they didn't come to spring training as candidates for the fifth starter job. So they're really going to need Elder, I think, to step up. And, and Soroka's pitched well today for Gwinnett, by the way, in an early game. Started at eleven a.m. He's pitched well so far. So those two could really end up being important. Well, they're going to be important for the Braves. Uh, and they get Kyle Wright back tonight, which cannot be a minute too soon. He starts, he makes his debut tonight after starting a year on the IL while he's building arm strength because he missed a few weeks of spring training with that shoulder. Um, got a cortisone injection in January. So to get him back, he led the league and led the majors and wins last year, low threes ERA. Uh, and then Max Fried not far behind that. So the rotation could really get upgraded in a hurry because, I mean, you look at it, they started – Schuster and Dodd in four of their first nine, ten games. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's when you look at the team's record and the guys they've lost early on, you know, it's, it's, yeah. or didn't have like Kyle, it's, it's, it's pretty impressive where the team's at. Yeah. I mean, uh, for all the panic, you know, when they lost three in a row to the Padres, everybody's like, oh my God, this team's not going to make the playoffs, you know, the, the social media <laughs> panic. They're in first place. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I saw somebody say, how are they going to bounce back from this, like, you know, eight and four, or whatever. What, the record from being was in start. first place, yeah. <laughs> but man, that Padres team is good. Yes, the Padres are very good, and they yeah. face them again next week. That's going to be interesting with a better with a better uh, rotation. Um, it's going to be interesting uh, to get three out there in San Diego starting Monday. So, and that place has got a lot. Of, it's a much better home field advantage than it used to be for them because it's not just a laid back crowd enjoying the weather. Now they are charged up out there now that the Padres are good. What a difference it makes to to spend some money and chase a ring, you know, from ownership yeah. like that. Is used to go to San Diego and it was like I felt like it was either barking the park day, you know, yeah. and that's why people were there, yeah. or it was just people walking by because you could see in from the street and paid their seven bucks to check it out and go sit in upper deck. But there felt like uh, it didn't feel like um, like a organized fan base, you know, like it, they were all. It was kind of just random yeah. people filtering in. And then those playoff games they put on TV last year were insane. The whole crowd was into it, and it was sold out. So the Braves are 7-4, and four, a game up on the Mets, two and a half up on the Phillies uh, in the East. Just as a reminder, at the end of May last year, the Braves were 23-27 and 27 and 10 and a half games out of first place. Just a reminder. Uh, and the, we've seen the Mets already how many – catastrophic injuries they've had already. I mean, are, yeah. you know, at least one catastrophic and a couple other ones pretty bad. So 
Uh, no, no time to panic, folks. <laughs> Braves are doing. They got a hell of a lineup, man. They, the, the lineup is even better than I thought it would going to be because Arcia. This isn't anything fluky. What Arcia is doing. He's hitting at the bottom of the order, and he looks good, man. And he looked good all spring. He worked yeah. on his hitting, the winter ball. He knew the defense was already there, and he thought, if I have a chance to win a job, to win the shortstop job this spring, I need to hit. And so he's focused on hitting and improving some things in the offseason. Uh, went to winter ball to play and, and and really focused on hitting. And, and I mean, he's just he looks good. This is a guy yeah. that had a couple of 15 homer seasons for the Brewers not yeah. too long ago, and he looks – you know, right now he he's he getting some big hits. He had a walk off to start this home stand. He had a big hit last night driving a run. Good piece of hitting last night to go down and get one and just kind of cast it out in the outfield for RBI. Yeah, he wasn't in the nine hole last night, but I, you know, when he is, he's been there mostly. Yeah, that's that's you know that's one of the things about a deep lineup is Arcia gets to hit with Acuna on deck. Yeah, you know, versus being in the six or seven hole with a pitcher or. You know, back when he was with Milwaukee, he might have been having a pitcher back him up. Yeah. Or you're in the six or seven hole with another guy that's, you know, doing a platoon thing. And so you're going to get two guys that you can work through. When you have Acuna behind you, yeah, you're getting something to hit. And I think he's, you know, he's a pretty aggressive hitter. So that serves him well because he's going to get stuff in the zone. Eric, let's hear from today's sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I'd be remiss if I didn't point out Matt Olson right now is leading the Braves in home runs, three, doubles, five, RBIs, 11, walks, 10, strikeouts, 15, on-base percentage, 462, slugging percentage, 667, and OPS, 1129. He's leading the Braves in all of those categories. His second in batting average, or third in batting average at 333, Behind Arcia, who's hitting 341, and Acuna, who's hitting 340. I mean, those guys have been carrying the offense, and Riley's had some big knocks too. Yeah, but, I just uh, imagine maybe the confidence that Matt's getting from not having the shift to deal with. Yeah. No, I mean, because if if you're like one for three or 0 for three in a day, and you come up in that fourth at bat and hit a laser to right field, and there's just a random dude standing yeah. and catches it. You know, a I mean, it's, dude. it's like from somewhere on the field. They just put someone randomly in right field, shallow right, and he catches your line drive yeah. that should be a single. You know, just what that changes for a hitter's mindset going one for four versus 0 for four. I think getting a, an RBI, things like that. Like I think a lot of lefties are going to build a lot of confidence yeah. this year. I think it's a combination of that. And the changes he made in the offseason yeah. are really he's he's allowing the ball to travel so much more and, and use the whole field. Last year he was he was going way back, all his weight on his back foot with a toe tap was off, and then he was like kind of he called it crashing forward with his hands. 
And as a result, he was susceptible to a lot of pitches. He couldn't catch up with things that he could normally. Up in the zone, yeah, yeah. diving like that. And if you look at him this year, he's so much better balanced. And, I mean, he's he's got a few hits to the right side, but he's also shooting some balls to the left. Like, he got to hit right up the left field line. Yeah. You know, so he's using a whole field. And, I mean, he just looks really good up there right now. This is a guy that he keeps that together. You're talking – he could be an MVP candidate, man. Yeah, it really – I mean, for me, the, the the shifting, even on the left side of the field, yeah, there's yeah. going to be two guys over there, but they're not going to put someone in the hole. You know, they're going to play more of a standard position or, or move the shortstop more up the middle. But there's just something about – I bet Gallo's having a better season too. I haven't looked it up. But these guys – Better, that, not much better. Not much better. No. But guys that – But he strikes you know, hit out those, so much. He strikes out a lot. I don't know. It's yeah. once once you get a few hits rolling though, and your confidence, you start swinging free. Yeah. And the combination of not being new to a team. Yeah. You know, like the your old hitting coach would probably know these are your bad habits. Your new your new hitting coach has to kind of learn them, and you're trying to learn him and 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 work together. So having comfort this year is probably a huge thing for Matt too. And he's playing great defense, by the way, too. Yeah. Great defense, he's, scooping he everything. He had that unassisted double play the other night, that huge play where he used all his height. But he's had some great picks, man. Yeah. So, yeah, he's been really impressive early. And and he talked about hitting behind Acuna and in front of Riley, how perfect that is. Because yeah. with Acuna being healthy, they're not going to put Acuna on if they can help it. And so – there's runner he's on so often with Ol- when Olsen comes up to bat the first time. And then you got Riley behind him. So they're not gonna pitch around Olsen, you know? You gotta so come see him. It's a perfect spot for mm-hmm. a hitter. That number two spot for the Braves right now. Yeah. Um Arcia, been fantastic. Um uh, any of us who question the shortstop decision in camp right now are just shutting up because he's looked yeah. great. He's playing as good or better defense than Shoemaker can play. He's played great defense. And he's hitting better than either of those rookies can hit, obviously. Um, I, mean, I didn't sure. realize he had such a good arm. Yes. He's got a cannon, man. Yeah. He really does. I was watching him in BP the yesterday, taking infield yesterday. And strong and accurate every single throw. And he works hard before games, too, to make every throw hard and accurate. Um, but, yeah, great range. Makes every play. Uh, really quick hands and feet on double, turning double plays. The turn is really athletic. Uh, and he's hitting, like I said. Uh, he's got two doubles, two homers, 937 OPS, and he's tied with Acuna for most runs scored on the team with 10, which is only one off the lead, uh, NL lead shared by Mookie, Betts, and Freddie. What a difference, you know, right place, right time can make. Yeah, you know, if the Braves signed a, signed a shortstop this offseason or, right. or signed Dansby back, and Arcia doesn't get a chance to have this year, but what this year being here and getting this chance, and if he plays his ass off, what it can – Changes the rest of his career. And they sign him to a three-year, $7 million yep. contract on opening day. Yep. I mean, that's nice to know you mm-hmm. got him there. So, meanwhile. He might the, regret that deal if he has a big yeah. season. You got the two kids playing middle infield down at Gwinnett. Yeah. And if one of them shows he's ready, okay. Yep. You got Arcia. You could trade one of them. You got just – it opens up so many op- opportunities and it's the one position where you don't have to spend a lot of money because whether it's him or one of these kids, you're not going to be spending much money at that position yeah. for several years. Yeah. So that helps yeah. when you. That feels good knowing you got him locked up cheap. You know, it gives it gives Grissom and, and Shoemaker so much time too. Yeah. I, you you don't like that when you're the shortstop in AAA trying to prove yourself, right. seeing him play like that, but it gives them time to get right. 
And Arcia is a great guy in the clubhouse too. Teammates love him. Love him. Teammates love him. Really he looks professional. Like a fun guy to funny. Go out with. He's funny. Yeah, he's funny, but he's really professional. Yeah. Yeah, he's been around, you know. He lost his job in Milwaukee, got traded. So, you know, he's been through some stuff and understands it. And, uh, yeah, he's a good guy to have there. So, uh, meanwhile, on the pitching side, the guys you thought would lead the Braves, uh, starting rotation, Bryce Elder and Jesse Chavez, who came to camp on a minor league contract. <laughs> yep. Elder has allowed no runs, eight hits and four walks with 13 strikeouts in 12 and a third innings in his two starts. Got a 097 whip. And a 195 opponent's average. Jesse has allowed two hits, no walks, five strikeouts in five and a third innings over six scoreless appearances, has a 0.38 whip and a 111 opponent's average. He's, I remember when I was in Oakland with Chavez, uh, and we were just, we were doing PFPs with all the young guys. And he happened to be throwing a bullpen that was like right in our line of sight where guys could see where he was placing the ball. And he probably threw 25 pitches and didn't miss a spot by more than, you know, half an inch. And these guys were just blown away watching him. And I'm thinking, yeah, he's probably hung over too. You know, like, yeah, he's back then. He probably was for sure. (laughs) He's, he's incredible though, man. I mean, he can really, he came up when he came up with Atlanta that first time he was just throwing hard. But when he went to Oakland and started getting longer outings, he really learned how to pitch and he developed that cutter and he could put that cutter wherever he wants. And it just goes to show you, you know, if, if you find a way to have a tight pitch you can place, yeah, you don't need to throw 96 to pitch in the big leagues. But, you know, you do have to sign a minor league deal and earn it. And if you have big balls and you are fearless, and you will is. throw it to anybody. Yeah. I think he's at a point in his career where he's like, whenever I yeah. stop getting outs, just take yeah. me out back, you know, send me home. But I'll take it to the house when I'm done. Yeah. But until then, I'm going to keep going. He's He'll be keep 40 chucking. this summer, man. I wouldn't 40. Be, he's an alien. I wouldn't be surprised if he plays till he's 45. And then I saw throw, when I was in double A against him, I thought I saw him throwing 99. Wow. So he he at at 150, 160 pounds. Wow. So he's he's been doing it a long time. And he will go straight into a coaching position. Yeah, probably. He will he might take it to the house and disappear though. But if he no, he told me he wants to be a coach. Did he? And he will not wait a week to get hired as a coach by someone. No. Yeah, he's, the Braves um, have an opening, or they might just create one for him in a minor yeah. league level. He could be their pitching coach in any minor league level. You know, Randy's getting up there. Uh, he speaks enough, I think, to to communicate at least with yeah. him. Yeah, he's been around. Just when they're around that long, you know, you pick especially stuff up. with that name, you know. So you hang around with some of those everybody so tries to talk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny, man. Some of them are as bad as me. Um, elder last night, I, I, he was this kid, man. I love how he handles this stuff. He's so, he's so humble. He's a confident guy, but he really, and he was more humbled last year when he got sent down early on. That was a great experience for him going down to AAA, former big stud from Texas, Longhorns, you know, high draft pick. He got humbled last year, but he but even then he wasn't cocky before he got sent down. But he, since he came back, he like takes nothing for granted. But he says all the right things. He's just a professional. Yeah. He's not he's not loud or cocky. He's just confident. Um, but he said uh, he was talking about Sean Murphy last year or last night hitting the walk off after you know guiding him through. And he said I can't say enough about what he did behind the plate. Obviously, for him to cap it off like that was pretty impressive. That's actually the first time I've thrown to him, and I was very impressed. We were on the same page the whole time. 
And the game he called was great, so I can't thank him enough. And for him to go out and win it for us was, is special. And then Murphy, who I'm sure you've seen interviews. Do you know him a little bit, or I don't know, but he's a, I know nothing. He's the most modest, down-to-earth guy. I mean, he does not like talking about himself. He's all team, all the time. I mean, he is. I mean, this guy's, and everybody in the clubhouse loves this guy. Loves That's who you want catching. I can tell you that. Ultimate pro. Loves yeah. to study all the pitchers, you know, but when he came over here, he was spending just countless hours learning all the pitchers. So, but anyway, we told him what Elder had said about that. About I mean, he said, uh, uh, he said, that's, uh, he said, I appreciate it. But he said, all the credit, all, all, the, uh, all the credit goes to Bryce. He threw the pitches. I just helped him along a bit. All the credit goes to him. He's the one who executed. He worked his mix, kept the ball down, threw it where he needed to throw it. He was fantastic tonight. Um, and we asked him about, you know, what he's thought so far, 11 games in of his career with the Braves and spring training. And he said, you know, in his quiet, subdued way, he said, he said, how much fun are you having? Here? He said, a blast. He said, all these guys are so good. They've been welcoming. They've been awesome. I already feel like I'm part of the team and I just got here. He said, I love it here. So yeah. I mean, he went from Oakland to this man. That seems Four to be the experience outs. of pretty much everybody coming over. I don't know. I mean, Obviously, you're not going to say it if it's not, but there's pretty much every right. guy seems to say that same thing is you feel like you fit in right away. I Alex asked done him, a good job building that. Yeah. I asked him about, uh, I said, are you ready to catch every day until Travis comes back? If that's what they ask you to do. And he goes, absolutely. <laughs> you can but, take one look at him and, and I can tell you he wants to catch 160 yeah. games. Think, think about that going from Oakland, those crowds they've had, which have gotten smaller and smaller and smaller every year. To this, they just sold out four straight games against the Padres, over 40,000. They had 163,000 for four games. You lose three in a row. The Reds are in town on a Monday night with school in session, which in the Braves back in the day, not long ago, that would have been 12,000 people. That would have yeah, been like, there, was, there were some rough nights at Turner. Announced crowd last night was over 30 on a Monday night with school in session against the pitiful Reds. Now, those weren't all tickets used. But there were a good twenty five thousand in the in the crowd. It was plenty loud on a Monday. It's just totally changed. Yeah, I wonder if having you know shorter games is going to have an effect on that too. You know, not being stuck in traffic to get home and a shorter game could save people an hour, hour and a half. I think, especially after people get used to doing it, they come out and experience a few of those games. Then that's one of those things that could affect your decision. Like, uh, say it's Wednesday night and your kid's got school tomorrow and you're going, uh, do we want to go to the game tonight? Normally in the past, you'd be thinking, okay, we're not going to get out of there until 1030. And we're going to be stuck there in traffic. traffic. We're not going to yeah. get home until 1130. Now it's like you can legitimately get out in a normal nine inning game in two hours, 20 minutes yeah. instead of three hours. Yeah. So last night was a 10 inning game that went kind of sideways late. And it was still two hours and 43 minutes. That's wild. I really, I mean, I didn't want to give the pitch clock thing any credit, you know, just the traditional, like, I, you know, it goes against what baseball is right. about, blah, blah, blah. It's but fantastic, man. Watching the game, it's like, you know, you're not getting lost on your phone in between pitches. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. For me, you know, it was always like, what? there's not that much to think about. Read the swing, get on the mound. And, and for hitters, but some guys and – all it takes is one pitcher in the game to to just drag it out, you know. And I think for most guys are going to adjust to it pretty well. But if you had a guy like I remember Miguel Batista when I played with him, 
there was a game where the Chicago announcers were yelling, throw the ball. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like yeah. taking so long. And he was probably like 40 seconds in between pitches. He speed everybody up. Yeah, infielders are love it. Infielders love it. Yeah. Fielders love it. It's just a better toes. pace. And yeah, I, you're not I thought, on your heels waiting for a guy to go 25, 30 seconds between pitches. Yeah. Yeah. I thought like, you know, okay, it's not going to shave that much time. It's not going to get people interested. But the right. thing I've noticed is just that the action's better. There's more happening. Even if the game was only 20 minutes faster, you just feel like it's rolling along at a better pace. And so far, people fear that, you know, a game might be decided, like the Braves' first game yeah. of spring training was decided, and you don't want a game decided. on. So far, that hasn't happened. You've had a couple, like, had a strikeout Machado and got tossed out of the game. But other than that, there haven't been a lot of really uh, pivotal moments caused by this. And they've been vigilant about it, too. They've been and, – and I think that was wise to do that, to do it early, to make everybody know we're serious about this. You're not going to start uh, cutting corners and uh, slowly work back to taking 20 seconds with nobody on base. They've been vigilant about it, and people have adapted. Uh, yeah. I find it funny, you know, when you hear people say, you know, that's not baseball. They act like they're traditionalists. You know, they've been watching a game for 10, 15 years. Mike, go back a little further. Baseball was never three, three-and-a-half-hour games for nine no. innings. This is the traditional length of games. And yeah. pitchers didn't used to take 25 seconds between yeah. pitches. This is how they work. This is tradition. It's just yeah. being enforced by a clock. But we are. Mu- this is much closer to the way the game was played for 150 years than, than what it had happened yeah, in the last Yeah, you just had 15. to enforce it. But that's pretty much the pace that – I think it's the pace everybody wants, you know, and it makes right. the game a lot more watchable. I mean, since no more Garcia Parra started the whole thing with batters, thing. Yep. changing all the – you know, doing the batting gloves, undoing the Velcro and all that stuff, everybody slowly started doing that. It became the norm. Yeah, it's People like freak- it's, nobody's going to say anything when you're a superstar doing it, but when right. you got the ninth guy on the bench right. that has a 15 second routine to get back in the box, and like I remember standing on the mound for guys and being like, "Can we get this shit going?" Yeah, you know. So it's, yeah. it's not just the pitch clock; it's the hitter clock too. The hitter that comes up, does the thing in the sand, says hello to the ump, says hello to the catcher, does the, uh, to his coach, wants to hear out. his whole walkout song. You know, wants to get to the let yeah. the beat drop in his walkout. Right, like, get, right. get in the box. Right. But it's funny because the Nomar Garcia Parra, I remember when he started doing that, people talked about how weird it was. It was like, Jesus, yeah. look at this guy's routine. It became the norm. Yeah. Nobody thought anything of a guy adjusting his batting gloves every single pitch. Yep. The Velcro. And that's just like compulsive. That's OCD shit, man. Yeah. But it became yeah, like not. the norm. And now batters cannot do it. They can't take that time. So now you can see them keeping a foot in the batter's box like they should instead of walking around, doing all this, looking at the third base coach, looking at the dugout. I love it. I just think it's so much better. And it gets back to how the game's supposed to move along. And it's, yeah. and it's only going to help It's only going to help ratings and people coming out to the park. Like you yeah, said. It's unfortunate that they had to add a clock to get this pace, right. but I'm, I'm very happy with the pace. And, and when, I, when you watch it, it it's, there's a lot more action. Guys, let's take a quick break. And then we'll finish up the show. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. You talked about, uh, Schuster, how you weren't overwhelmed at all by his stuff, and I think we've seen, you know, he's a guy, he can get by with that stuff in the big leagues, but he's going to have to throw strikes and good strikes. Yeah. And, not, and Dylan Dodd, same thing, that game against St. Louis – you know, we've seen it so many times. A guy will come up from the minors. Other team has no idea what he's what he's about, really, especially at the start of the season. I mean, sure, if they went and and found video from AAA, they can. But he's going to face those guys differently than he does big leaguers. But so anyway, he pitched great in that St. Louis game. Then the other night, uh, he got rocked, man. And if you watched him, it was. His his slider was he, he's a, basically a two pitch guy fastball slider. He does a few changeups, but he's going to have yeah. to change up a lot more because the slider was great against St. Louis. Against the Padres, it wasn't. And oh my God, they teed off because he starts throwing more fastballs. He threw like sixty percent fastballs. Yeah. Whereas against Cardinals, he threw forty nine percent sliders, forty seven fastballs. He's throwing that low nineties fastball to the Padres, and it was just not a good mix at all. It, it wasn't effective. Didn't throw changeups until late too. Yeah. It's just <laughs> it, it, the velocity thing, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of just breathing room. You know, it, it's like, it's room for error. You, it's not that you can't pitch low nineties in the big leagues. Elder. I mean, elder. It. He did it yesterday, right. you know, but it's, there's a way to do it and you can't fall behind. Okay. Right. You can't walk guys. Yeah, I mean, because you don't have the stuff to just strike out the side and get out of the mess, your number one goal is you just can't create any messes. You have to force the other team to create a mess for you. And the crazy thing, if you watch batting practice, you got a coach with, you know, he can't even lift his shoulder above his arm. He's trying to throw meatballs. Guys pop out. Guys ground out to shortstop. This is what I always tell young pitchers. You can watch batting practice, and the guy will take a full round of batting practice at 70 miles an hour right down the middle – and he bats 385. Yep. We used to do this. We'd sit in the outfield and watch. We'd like, that's a pop-up. Oh, Simmons gets to that. So he's 0 for 2. And you'd watch his seven swings and he gets two hits. You know, okay, the ball's getting hit hard. But if you force guys to put the ball in play, it's that hard to hit a baseball. That's like what Addison. Oliver Perez told Chavez early in his career. And he said he never – he, he yep. took that lesson all the rest of his career. I saw it in my second year in pro ball. We had this old coach named Tommy Cruz. And he could not lift his arm above his shoulder. So he had to, yeah. I mean, he had to fire from below his shoulder with like a little wrist flick and push his elbow. Right. 
and he's getting pop-ups. Nobody could hit him, honestly. We were like, oh, Tommy's throwing. He's going to carve Ballantine up. You know, we'd watch him get four or five pop-ups out of the, the best hitter. But you learn that lesson, you know, and this is if you want to throw low 90s, you got to make pitches and you have to be fearless and aggressive. And Chavez does it. You know, Bryce did it yesterday. It can be done. But the second you come out nibbling, yeah, you're done. They're, especially big league hitters, they're going to sit back and wait for their pitch and you don't have the stuff to get away with your mistake. So these guys need to watch, you know, Elder and, and, and Chavez and guys pitch that make quality pitches with that intent of I'm not afraid. Because as soon as the hitters feel like you're nibbling and you're afraid, they just start drooling. And I think they got to d- develop the better third pitch. I mean, especially yeah. especially Dodd. He's got to throw yeah. that change up more because if the slider's not there, like the other, then you're helpless. You can't you know, a, get by on 92-mile-an-hour fastballs. Yeah, I don't know. His his slider looks pretty good when I saw it in spring training in that St. Louis start. It but I saw, good. I saw something Cruz said. So Cruz had his first at bat against him, and, and then he did an in-game interview, which, you know, it's like the, after his home run or something. But he said in his first his first uh, at bat, he had to tell his team, he's like, the slider's not really like a slider. It's like a changeup. Uh-huh. So for me, that meant that it was kind of backing up and going straight down. Uh-huh. So if he was looking for the slider and it backs up and goes straight down, you know, now he's swinging inside and over the top of it. You know, it's just, it's an awkward break. But the second time he saw it, right, he right. just destroyed it. Um, yeah. But the point being is just that, Maybe he didn't have his slider in that start, right? But that's the same concept of having that third pitch. Is what do you do when you don't have your slider and you throw ninety two? Yeah, you know it's you got to you got to have something else to to go to. Yeah, I mean, an elder's got like you know he's up there throwing four pitches basically, but uh, and they're all tight. Yeah, elder had uh, he had an interesting comment about uh, last night. We're talking about the difference. Asked him, he said, is your slider just that much better this year than last year? Because he was really throwing some good ones last night. And uh, he had a great, uh, interesting comment about it. He said, the question was, is your slider that much better this season? He said, I think a lot of it is just last year throwing the cutter kind of messed with it a little bit. So this year, just kind of going away from the cutter and going to four seam, even though it kind of has a little cut to it. Yeah. But going true four seam allows me to throw the slider like I've always thrown it. So the main thing is I'm just so much more comfortable throwing it this year. Just trust it and let it roll. I think it's the slider that I've always had. But just last year, it wasn't as good as it had been this year. As it has yeah, those been this two, year. you can kind of have them blend into one pitch, you know, or get mm-hmm. kind of caught in between on the releases and, and have a hard time separating the two. And then if you're – if your fastball is already cutting and then you're adding a little cut to it by thinking of it that way. Yeah. You know, like when you think four seam and you throw a, a four seam that happens to cut, it's different than when you're trying to throw a cutter Yeah, and you're coming around the ball. Um, the two pitches will actually blend together where it's a lot easier for the hitters because they're like, it's coming into me anyway. But four seam life, even if it's got a little cut and ride to it, is different than purposely throwing a, a cutter. And then when you go to the slider, it's not that much different than the cutter. So the hitters are seeing something you know, pretty similar, but when you go four seam and slider, there's there's more of a, a like a stark contrast in the pitches. And you talk about conviction all the time, throwing a pitch, even if oh, it's whatever everything. the pitch. Is. Well, he said last night, said again on the difference between last year, and this year. He said the pitches I'm throwing, I'm just so much more committed to them, and just kind of and kind of just trusting that if I execute it, I'm pleased with it. You've yeah. talked about that same thing. It's everything. I mean, there was times where. 
you know, you go out there and, and you lack confidence and you throw a scared pitch. Yeah. <laughs> For whatever reason, a scared pitch gets hit like 98% of the time. Or you can just, when you're ballsy and you're confident and you make that mistake right down the middle, but you threw it with attitude and conviction, yeah. you get an infield pop-up. You know, like the hitters just, they just, there's something about a confidently thrown pitch, whether it's the way you finish it or your body language or, or your direction. When you're scared and kind of like, pulling off and trying to guide a pitch. Yeah. The hitters just destroy it. It's like a nine out of 10 thing. You don't get away with many mistakes at all when you're scared. Yeah. He said, uh, Nick, Nick Green asked Snit last night after the game, if he thinks, if he thinks that, uh, he's that elder throwing that he's pitching with a chip on his shoulder, because if you think about it, elder came to spring training as kind of the third candidate for the fifth starter job behind Ian and Soroka. And Soroka got hurt, and Ian pitched terrible early. Uh, and Elder had like a bad start, walked a yard, gave up a grand slam, whatever. But he got option pretty quick when they saw yeah. these two rookies. They kind of basically said, okay, we're going to let the rookies fight it out for a fifth starter and really didn't give Elder many chances at all in spring. So Nick thinks he's pitching with a chip on his shoulder. Snit said, I think he's just pitching like he's seizing the opportunity, like he's happy to be there. I don't think he has anything, anybody to be have a chip against. But uh, Elder – Said, I asked him, he said, after the kind of disappointing spring you had, are you, are, how good does it feel to pitch so well the first two times they've, they've needed you because they brought him up to pitch? And he said, it feels good. I've still got work to do, though. I think there's certain things I could have done a, lot, a little better. But at the same time, I'm not going to act like I'm not pleased with how I've been throwing it. Yeah. I think I've been making the pitches that I need to make when I need to make it. So we're just going to kind of keep building off of that. Yeah, I mean, you got to just say even killed. And yeah. it's it's the same concept when you're scared, you know, you get shelled. Anytime you get overconfident, at least for me in baseball, anytime yeah. I let my guard down, it was like, I got this thing figured out. It, yeah. You just get. There's only a few guys that are so talented that they can just be anywhere they want and in any headspace and do well in the big leagues. Most guys have to stay very even keel. Right. But by, by, the, by the way, what you mentioned Nelly Cruz, my God, that guy's like 42, 43 years old, man. Yeah. He just keeps raking. Two doubles of homers, six RBIs in that game. Yeah, it's hard to give him too much credit with the failed test in the past because he's got, probably got some leftover strength. But right. still, to be doing that at 43. And that's official. He's probably a couple years older than that. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Phenomenal, yeah. They got a, they got a nice team. I gave him the nice exact team, same they... homer to him. Did you? Yeah, my rookie year, I, I hung him a slider down and in, and he put it up almost in the upper deck in that old Texas stadium. But I saw that thing coming in, and you know, like your instincts. He's like, oh, no, not there. And he just shit on it. And he was probably well-juiced when he did it off of you. Might have been. Yeah, that was 06. Uh-huh. He might have just had some natural strength back then. But <laughs> either way, he had a few field tests after that. He might have been on it then, too. As as Julio Franco told me, what, the Jesus juice. Je- <laughs> <laughs> Um, Darno, we didn't mention is out with a concussion, uh, that, you know, if it was just a mild concussion at first, one would be one thing, but he's had three in the past. So this is not my, it's always a concern when you get multiple concussions. Yeah. The good thing I guess is that he played another inning. He had a pretty good at bat. He lined out. Um, and the, and mo- most importantly, the last one was 2014. So it's not like the football, you know, two, ahead, yeah. two in like three weeks that can really like ruin you that can do yeah. damage for life. So at least it's been, you know, a decade since he had the last one. So hopefully, you know, but still it's a concern and the Braves are going to be careful with it. So 
I thought it right away when I saw that play. It's his leg running right into Travis's head was like, yeah, it was bad. That's got to be a concussion. But how about this move by Alex, man? Because you know when he did it, people are like, Darnold was an all star last year. You have Contreras now. Now how smart is he looking, man? You got a Gold Glover behind a plate for however long as Darnold's out, and you signed him long term. And if you looked at Darnold's career, he's been injury prone. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of freaky things, but it catchers it happens to catchers. But he's had yeah. back swings for concussions. He's had the weird injury where he broke the thumb at the plate on the plate at the plate against Toronto during a pandemic where he stretched the thumb back, tore the ligaments. Some things happen to catchers. And as yeah. they get older, they really happen to catchers. So that catching depth is going to be huge for them. I already I think thought he's been that at his healthiest in Atlanta, right? Yep. Like Atlanta's the most games he's played. He had one healthy season with the Mets, and that was it until last year. But uh, I said in the offseason, I thought that that uh, the the Murphy thing could be the most important deal that uh, any team made in the offseason, and I really it it really could be. It's looking well, like especially that all the if time. he's if he's who he looks like behind the plate. I mean, you, yeah, I didn't doubt his arm. I mean, we saw that video. But if if guys like when guys like Elder say what they say, yeah, you know, it was it didn't sound like a courtesy. Oh yeah, and, you know, right. And they're all saying Sean that did too. a great job back there. Guys, Freed guys will the throw out thing. the courtesy one, but he sounded. When they go into depth and like, fuck, this guy's amazing. Yeah. It's pretty convincing. Uh, last thing, I wrote a story today about Michael Tonkin, man. What a story. This is this guy's like this year's this year's Tyler Matzik and Jackson Stevens. Um, I mean, except his road's even longer than those guys. This is a guy I I wrote about, I chronicled the number of places this guy pitched, but he had five years with the twins through 2017. And he had worked his way up from 30th round pick to a top relief prospect with them. Had a couple of good, had some good moments for them, but he got released after 2017. He spent, as he put it, as much time between stints in the big leagues as it had taken him to first reach the big leagues. Yeah. Five years. Yeah. And in the meantime, between 2017, when he was with the Twins, until this year, when he, when he made the Braves opening day roster after a couple more injuries to other people. This guy pitched in Rochester, AAA, Sapporo, Japan, Long Island, the Ducks in the Independent League twice, 2019 and 2021, San Antonio, AAA, Reno, AAA, Tijuana, the Independent League, Aguilas, Dominican Winter League twice, then all season at Gwinnett last year because he wasn't on the 40. They never brought him up even though he had great numbers last year with Gwinnett. And he's 33. He got married in 2015. And he had no kids the last time he was in the big leagues. He's got two now. Oh, dang. And, Uh, I mean, you talk about dues paid. He said so many times, he said it got harder and harder each year. Like he went went to a driveline type place after 2019, did the weighted balls and all that. Was throwing 96, felt great about where he was. And he goes to to, to the uh, Diamondbacks. The end of that year, he had signed with Diamondbacks. He goes back. He thought, you know, like he might win a spot in spring training. He got to pitch one inning for him and got released. And he said he was throwing like 96. So he's like, why am I even doing this? You know? Oh, my God. That's crushing when you put got that two amount kids. of work in. And he you're said, not even a thought. He said, and you're leaving. You got two kids and you're leaving to go out and make like not even enough money to feed them. Yeah. 
And he said, his wife told him, he said, she said, if you feel good about how you're throwing, you still think you can do it, then go to Indy ball and keep doing it. Keep pursuing it. And he said, if it wasn't for her, he would not, he would not have kept doing it. You need that. Cause a lot of women are like, you suck. Why aren't you at home helping with these diapers? Two kids, man. <laughs> yeah. You're out there chasing this dream. Yeah. You know? And but I'm I, home, I'm home taking care of these kids and trying to get by on a triple A salary. Yeah. And I Indy ball salary. Have any money. Yeah. I wish people understood too that how much harder that route is because of the facilities, the travel, everything about those levels. Yeah. The food sucks. Your body feels terrible. You don't just show up in like little league and play a game. You know, you, the amount of work that you have to put in every day, the facilities make it harder. There's, there's the stuff you need just not there. So you're scrapping it together. You're working out in LA fitness, you know, they'll let you in at 10 AM when they're not busy piecing this together. You're eating peanut butter and jelly, Totino's pizzas, just yeah. garbage food. Your body feels terrible. You don't get the private chartered flight. You know, you're, you're waking up at 5 a.m. and catching flights. Or if you even have a flight, you know, sometimes you're riding buses five or, or six hours. Or you're in the hours. Mexican league riding buses. Yes. Not even able to order food. Yeah. And worried about your safety in some places, yeah. too. So to go from any time a guy goes from big league time back to that life. Yeah. You got to want it bad, and I always respect guys that can that can do that because I I mean I got to the point in my career was like I'm not going to AAA, you know, and I probably could have gone down, figured out a pitch, done all these things, and maybe made it back, but that's a it's a tough uh, it's a tough route to take. So I respect guys that do it. AJ said you got to give them guys a lot of credit. He said this. He was talking about the three in general that I mentioned, but then he's talking about specifically about Tonkin. And he said this game. Because you got you get off the forty man roster, you're out of options. You are that can really screw you. Yeah, it can help you if you're really good and young. You know, you're out of options because they're going to keep you. But if you're not, then you could just get passed over and over. You sign a minor league deal, and they're like, okay, now we don't need to bring him up. He's out of options. You get one in, he's not on the forty and released. Right, he's not on the forty. We can't bring him up. We're not. He's not worth that. But AJ said, this game, you can be taken out of it so quickly, and it takes forever to get back in. It takes a lot of just heart to just stay with it. And you got to give all the props to him. I mean, he deserves to be here. He showed it in spring training, and he's going out there and pitching meaningful innings for us. This guy throws 94-95, good sinker, good slider, occasional cutter. He's got a 0.56 whip so far in five and a third innings. Four strikeouts, one walk, two hits allowed. So he could end up being pretty big for him, especially because a couple of the other guys they thought they were going to be counting on still need some work. Yeah. Um, so six foot seven, slender, still slender, and uh, and obviously uh, totally appreciates his station where he is because he has paid about as many dues as I've seen anybody pay to get back here. Yeah, everybody, and you get so much respect from your teammates because every. Almost every, it's minus the superstars. Almost everybody knows how fragile a career is, and just the the mental battle of believing you can do it when you go to spring training, working your ass off for a yeah. whole off season, probably paid money that could have gone toward his kids and things like that. Yeah, paid money he didn't have to train and do everything right. You come in feeling good, and the team just gives you one inning and says, "See you, buddy." Right. I mean, that's devastation. And a lot of people walked away during 2020 when they were locked out with the pandemic. You know, they didn't have a chance. They weren't on a team. A lot of guys did. And guys like this were not getting picked up because no. there were no minor league teams. And then they and slice off, off. kills you. And then they slice a third of the minor league teams off. So that job's like guys like this, that's fewer jobs for them to have because they're moving the younger guys up. 
into those yeah, triple you're 29 A jobs. and you got a little big league time and yeah, you out of options. It's they're going to keep the 19 year old on that 40 man right. and send so, him to double A. So the grind got a lot harder when they eliminated one third of the minor league teams a couple of years ago. So, yeah, yeah but between his last appearance with the Twins in 2017, September 2017, and making the opening day roster this year, he pitched, I counted, at least 215 relief appearances for nine teams in four countries. You know what yeah. I'd do? I'd frame that when you look at somebody's baseball reference page. Yeah. You know, it goes through all the years. Yeah. I'd, I'd frame that thick gray line. His is, his is impressive, I his baseball reference. I would get a picture, and and I'd have the stats around it, but I'd have that thick gray line, and I'd have that framed in my office. Because right. that's like, to to be out of the game for that amount of time. Because it, yeah. it goes, when I looked at it, it says 17, and then there's a thick gray line, and it says 23. Like, that's the thing you're going to be the most proud of when you're done, is making it back from from that space. Yeah, just before we end, just one, he had one incident. They told me, so after he got released by the Diamondbacks, he got one inning with them. He said, I was going to go to the Dominican for winter ball. He'd already signed. And then the Dominican team called him and said they were releasing him because of budget cuts. Because during the pandemic, they weren't going to have fans in the seats. So they had budget cuts. So he didn't even, so he's like, they released me before I even went. (laughs) Then they called him back on the 22nd of December and said, can you come out and pitch in the playoffs? He said, I haven't even thrown a bullpen in two months. And he went out there on the 26th and pitched in the in the uh, Caribbean World Series <laughs> for the Dominican entry in the Caribbean World Series. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah, he must have. I mean, he must have some special natural. But I mean, throw up 96. But to it takes most guys. I mean, at least a month to be able to. And those those dudes have been hitting. Yeah, it's not like yeah. they've. You know. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. I think you said he's throwing 96 too. Yeah, he's After popping out 94, 95, but he hit yeah, he hit 96 not long ago. So No, I mean in that in that Dominican yeah. series when he went down there and pitched to not to be able to, to not throw for two months and then just turn it on like that. Yeah. Probably, yeah, probably needed that money. They pay you pretty good down there. Yeah, that's why I'm willing to go down there on spur of the moment just to <laughs> like, yeah, I need this money. I don't care. I'll go get shelled. At Christmas if I, time. If I show up throwing eighty five at Christmas get, time, you hit. got a wife and a little kid. Yep. Anyway, all right. Well, be plenty more to talk about. Things are heating up now, and uh, this is going to be the Braves. Man, they could they they could not have after losing three to San Diego. They could not have timed it better. The schedule: three games against the Reds, who are very bad, and then three games at Kansas City before you have a really tough three game series at San Diego. So they got a chance to win. I think they need to at least win five out of six. I mean, you never say you you expect to sweep anybody, but the Reds are very sweepable. And so are the Royals. So if they could win five out of six in there, that you're going to be right there again, leading the division by a few games before you go to San Diego. Yeah, that in San Diego is going to be tough. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody. We appreciate it. 755 is real. We are out. Mm-hmm.